You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's jeans have been in hibernation all winter, but we need a major awakening. Get to Old Navy for new jeans now. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's got some amazing new styles your family's going to love, and they're all on sale up to 50% off. Up to 50% off all jeans? All of them, even the new Straight Fit Power Jean for women and the new Relaxed Slim for men. Jeans start at just $15 for adults, $10 for kids, in-store and online at OldNavy.com. But hurry, it ends soon. That's our wake-up call. We're going to Old Navy now. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid February 21 through March 4. Excludes in-store clearance. Politics to the paranormal. It's the Kevin Cook Show. And your hosts, Kevin Cook and Heidi Hollis. Well, it's good to be back with you. After a couple weeks off, we uh, had to go to Vegas to check things out over there, and uh, everything's still operative. Except I was telling Joe before the... uh, show started uh, Heidi they're just overloaded with fat people oh my goodness fat people and seven foot tall guys it was just you're such a sensitive person (laughs) fat's fat they know they're fat I mean we're talking 300 pound moose running around up there I mean in other words I go every year but I mean it's just was an unusual collection you know collection uh, wow Well, was just How like very a Christian of... of you. I'm sorry, Catholic of you to say such things. Well, well, look, if they're hippos, they're hippos. It's not my fault. I didn't make them that way. But it was enough that it was really striking. I, you and, need you know, to say I, 20 Hail Marys and 10 Our Fathers for this. Not really. He knows they're fat. <laughs> I mean, you can be all the Catholic you want, but fat's fat. I mean, I didn't make them that way. Oh. But, uh, but anyhow... It was an unusual collection of folks. But uh, now here's some, here's some hot off the press news from CBS News tonight. The evil, filthy Boston Red Sox were using electronic eavesdropping to uh, sneak up on my Yankees and catch the signs. <laughs> <For the pit. laughs> that's, that's headlining news with uh, Kim Jong-il acting ill and uh, this hurricane coming. <laughs> Oh well, yeah, but I, I hate the Red Sox. They've been my <laughs> enemies. They're like the ancient enemy. I've been rooting against them for 40 or 50 years, you know. At any rate, okay, maybe it isn't top of the line news, but it was on CBS News. And on that same note, Heidi, San Antonio, pretty big town, it's like the 12th or 13th biggest town in the country, is out of gas all the way. Wow. Now, where I am in the Fort Worth area, it's okay. They're, they got gas. But uh, San Antonio is flat out. That's over a million people. And it's rough. And Hurricane, and Hurricane Irma, which is a Category 5, is steaming into Florida in the next couple of days. Crazy. 180-mile-plus winds. It's just, it, it, you know, these this unpredictable weather patterns, these are going to become more commonplace for that imaginary foe Trump calls, um, you know, climate change. 
<laughs> do you believe in climate change? Yeah. I'm curious. Yes, I do. Oh, wow. But, you, but you're defecting you from the Trump line there. Yes, wow. but there's things you don't understand and we don't understand. The yeah. whole universe, the whole solar system, rather, has heated up because they can detect temperatures on Venus, the Neptune, all of that. And nobody knows why that is. So I remember there's not climate too long change. ago, maybe 10 years ago or, or so, you'd be able to turn on the news and know what the weather's going to be. Now, mm-hmm. you can't depend on them for nothing. They can't get anything right unless it's staring them in the face. It's terrible. Well, no, here, here it's pretty accurate, honestly. Uh, well, you, know, you guys don't have a lot of changing. Yeah, over here, it's, it's so mm-hmm. crazy. Nuts. Well, they're pretty good on telling you the rain and stuff. It's going to rain tomorrow. It's, they're usually pretty accurate in that. Not here. No, we, nope. Well, Not I mean, every that. place is different. Every place is yeah. different. But uh, this could really smack Florida, boy. Uh, already, the governor Scott of Florida is going crazy with prep, you know, prep work, and which as much as he can do. But you got to understand, Miami's practically underwater anyway. Yeah. It doesn't take anything to swamp Miami. I've seen. Four foot of water on Miami streets from just a, a tropical storm, let alone a Category Five hurricane, and uh, you know, my, <laughs> it's a glug glug glugging going on. But uh, I wouldn't want to be an insurance company in this this time. I really wouldn't. No. State Farm's going to. Oh, they must. State Farm is big in Texas too. They must just be taking a kicking. But uh, of course, they've got billions anyway. But now. Obama's little legacy, this DACA thing, is a big item in the news. It's been discussed in recent days. And, uh, well, it's, uh, you know, I, you know, you feel for kids and all this wringing of hands and all this stuff. But look, 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 you know, the dreamers and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I'm not, I don't want wish them any ill, but this is not a grab bag for everybody in the world to come grab a hunk of America and, and steal the jobs and drive the price of housing up and the labor down. And, and it's it's a bunch of BS, Heidi. I mean, and it's just a lever because if the DACA kids get to stay here, then they'll bring Uncle Leo over and blah, 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 blah. And you'll, I mean, you don't live with all the immigration we have down here. And I've got nothing against Mexicans. I really don't. But I don't care if they're Canadians coming in here by the gazillion. It, it drives the price of housing up. It's just, it's a real, it's a real hard issue. Well, I, I do get torn on the issue on some things because, uh, I mean, I, I, I understand the fight. I understand the argument, but I also understand mm-hmm. what the laws are. And it's, it's a touchy subject. And um, I, I've known people who did not know they were illegal. And oh, went yeah. to apply for college, and they're told then, by the way, you are not, you know, and it's just like, what? I mean, parents hide these things from these Well, kids, weird so. things can happen. I'll buy that. It's, but It's but sad. There, there's, a way, there's a way around all this that everybody seems to be intentionally stupid, and I don't know why. Instead of wow. all the wall, all the wall stuff and wringing of hands, have E-Verify, okay, for employment. If you don't get verified in the national database, you're out. Well, yeah. And if, that, and it's if somebody the, it's hires the you, it's fault for all this because they're they're the ones employing people that don't have papers. Exactly. If you hire somebody that doesn't isn't e-verified, you get a one immediate fine of like a hundred thousand dollars. You don't like it, you do five years in the federal pokey <laughs> and no parole. 
And that that would stop it in the morning. You it would have stopped it a long wall. time ago. It wouldn't have been so and everybody's tempting. Talked so about E-Verify. Everybody's talked about that E-Verify nonsense for seven or eight years. Yeah. So what is the real problem here? <laughs> Taking money from the rich. <laughs> well, what it is, I hate to say this, but look, 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 you have to be reasonable. There's 500 million people that live in South America, Okay. Mexico's another 100 million, that's 600 million. They can't all jam in here like a frat party, Heidi. They can't. Oh, I know. Well, yes, but everybody wants to, oh, the poor dreamers. Well, go dream in Mexico. Oh, you know, my that's a country, do it. Knock yourself out, dream all you want. Well, I guarantee I mean, you, Heidi, if you were down there, they, they wouldn't give you a cheese sandwich. Yeah, I, I, I understand. I understand the argument on both sides. I really do. It's, uh, it's a touchy one. But why don't they pivot another way? Like, let's say Trump from his position. He doesn't want to hear all this sass about the wall. He's tired of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he doesn't want to hear all this sass about, oh, you're inconsiderate of the poor little dreamers. Well, by the way, Mexico is a country, supposedly. They can go down there and dream or do whatever they want to do down here. I mean, they got businesses. Work. Do it. They're moving all, all kinds of auto factories still down there. Go bust your butt at Ford factory down in New Mexico. Knock yourself out. Dream down there. You know, I one mean, of my not? good friends, I, mean, I, I actually asked her, I said, what if that would happen, that they would move everybody back? And I'm like, wow, you guys would build up that country to be serious competition even more yeah. so. So, but it's, yeah, I don't know. It's touchy. It's a hard one. It's all a bunch of BS what it is, Heidi. Come on now. Yeah. I mean, there ain't 600 million people down those those neck of the woods all starving in the street or you hear about it's all you'd ever hear about. They're not. They just want to sell more drugs here. Not only. <laughs> that's not the only business going on. Well, drugs and tortillas. Oh, that's just low. That's low. Well, it's true. That's what, according to you. Well, I live near all that. Well, anyhow, listen, we're coming up to the top of the, uh, or our first break. Uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to IRN, the Inception Radio Network, Chicago, Illinois. Hello, Inception Radio Network listeners. This is Amanda. Remember, you can take your Inception Radio shows on the go. Just download the Inception Radio Network app for your iPhone, iPad, or Android smartphones and access live shows, past shows, guest lineups, and much more. Just visit the iTunes Store or the Google Play Marketplace and download it today for free. Don't have a computer? Is your internet connection down? Don't worry. Use your trusty cell phone or landline and call into our listen line at 401-283-6700 to listen to the Inception Radio Network 24-7. Again, that call-in number is 401-283-6700. For the Inception Radio Network, I am MJ. You didn't forget what's coming up tonight, did you? Hi, Inception Radio Network listeners. This is Amanda. Never miss that interview you were looking forward to or the show on your favorite topic. Follow IRN on Twitter, I underscore, R underscore N, and get reminders about the evening's live shows as well as fun and important updates throughout the week. 
That's I underscore R underscore N. And never miss a great show again. Are you a fan of Inception Radio Network? Do you reckon it's the best alternative talk radio station on the planet? Well, if you do, head to facebook.com forward slash Inception Radio Network and like the page. Tell your friends, spread the word, and keep listening to the best. the high fashion hotline hi my family's jeans have been in hibernation all winter but we need a major awakening get to old navy for new jeans now old navy yep old navy's got some amazing new styles your family's gonna love and they're all on sale up to 50 percent off up to 50 percent off all jeans all of them even the new straight fit power jean for women and the new relaxed slim for men jeans started just 15 dollars for adults 10 dollars for kids in store and online at oldnavy.com but hurry it ends soon that's our wake-up call we're going to old navy now high fashion old navy valid february 21 through march 4 excludes in-store clearance <laughs> And Heidi, before we get into the, the, the subject matter, there was something in the American Airlines magazine I'll send you if I can get my a way to do it. But right. it was a really cool story. This guy was like overseas somewhere, Australia or somewhere, and he was running across the desert, you know, some kind of cross-country running he does. Uh-huh. And he comes across a stray dog, right? Mm-hmm. And the dog just adopts him. And the, <laughs> the dog runs the whole circuit with him. And, he, of course, he took it home with him. And it was really pretty cute. Wow. That's cool. Kind of love uh, an animal story. (laughs) Well, I mean, the dog just bonded with him. And by the time the end of the run was over, the dog wouldn't let anybody even come near him because it was like bonded, you know. Right, right. uh, That's cool. I would have taken one of my chihuahuas with me, but uh, I don't know how that happened. I did see some people down there with dogs. I never got a chance to talk to them about how they... Let them take them, go do their business and all that. I, I never did figure that out, but wow, uh, somehow they work it out. I didn't see where the casinos were set up for it, but maybe down on the strip. 
But then I wasn't on the Strip. I was downtown on Fremont Street, so they must have something figured out. But, Pretty uh, darn cool. Wow. Anyway, we've got an interesting subject matter tonight. and it's By a it's, very strange and rare guest. Mm-hmm. Yes, a very, well, actually a very learned guest, really. Uh, <laughs> quite honored to have him. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but what it is, Heidi, as an overall, it's on Eucharistic Miracles. And, yes, and oh, we got to roll out the red carpet first for this this crazy rare guest of ours. Yes, it's Kevin Cook, and he's yeah. uh, got a master's in theology, and he's uh, he's Catholic a holy player. man. He loves everybody. In fact, yeah, he does. But you have a uh, master's in theology? Yes, I do. <laughs> oh. No, I do. I do. I really do. <laughs> if you've ever said that out loud or just in your head what yeah i do have a master's theology yeah. wow holy cannoli everybody well, you know i was an ordained anglican deacon at one time wow well but, i knew uh, that you did something that was of the church but then you fell away and went like rogue or something when you moved to well, no, i just became everybody ought to be i mean it's you have to be bonkers to do anything else but i mean uh <laughs> Once you learn learn all this, and that's why I speak of the Eucharistic miracles thing, because Heidi, this is as real as the hand on the end of your arm. And I, you know, of course, I've spoken on other issues, like uh, we had the guy on the Shroud of Turin, the Russ Briol, few few weeks back, and mm-hmm. uh, and there's a lot of really proven stuff. And of course, many times I've mentioned the Tilma of Juan Diego, that's you know, image of Mary, that's. Uh, on display at the Basilica of Guadalupe, and it's been subject to testing at Sandia Labs and all this, and it's, it is a miraculous uh, representation. There's no way to replicate it. And uh, the Eucharistic miracle issue is pretty much the same thing, Heidi. Uh, you you got to tell all the background of it, because it's, I mean, it's, it's news to me. This is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. And what I thought... The first part of the show, I thought I would give a little bit of rundown into some of the older ones to show how far back these things, you know, go. And, I, you know, about five of the old ones and then five of the, uh, the current ones for the last 25 years. And uh, the first one I had was an, the Miracle of, of Lanciano, that L-A-N-C-I-N-O, was from the 8th century. And uh, a priest in Lanciano, Italy, uh, was actually experiencing doubts about the real presence of Jesus in the, in the Eucharist and uh, saying in the Mass, this is my body, this is my blood, etc. And uh, he uh, actually saw the uh, bread and wine transform into real flesh and blood. The wine coagulated to five globules and said later to be representative of the five wounds of Christ. And, you know, word of the miracle spread, the local archbishop even then, you know, launched an investigation, and the church did approve the miracle. Now, interestingly, the flesh is still preserved to this day. Wow. A professor of anatomy, uh, I'm not very good at Italian pronunciations, but Odordo Linoli conducted a scientific analysis of the flesh in 1971 and concluded that the flesh was cardiac, cardiac tissue. The blood appeared to be fresh blood as opposed to blood that was, you know, all you know, old, and there was no trace of preservatives, neither. And you can visit this at the Church of San Francisco in Lanciano, Italy, to this day. Wow, that's amazing. 
See, that's the thing. These are not hidden in a monastery somewhere and, you know, nobody knows what happened to it or, you know, any of this double talk nonsense. This mm-hmm. is available today. And that dates from the 8th century. And then the second one was the Corporal of Balsino, Balsina. And this was also an Italian uh, event. And, uh, uh, well, it, basically it's on display in that city as well. But, well, I mean, these are issues that are real issues. And here's How another about, Italian one. Go ahead. How about getting, uh, I mean, have these things been, any of them been tested for, say, DNA? Yes, yes, they have. They have. Ooh. Just like, uh, well, we'll get into that as it, as okay. it develops. Okay. But uh, third, there's the hosts of Siena, Italy, something I can pronounce at least. And this was on August 14, 1730. The Catholics of Siena, Italy, were attending a special festival on the eve of the Feast of the Assumption. Thieves entered the church of St. Francis, stole a golden ciborium where they keep the wafers, and it contained hundreds of consecrated hosts. Two days later, somebody noticed something white protruding from the offering box at another church. The priest opened the box and found the missing host inside and tangled in cobwebs and dirt. I don't know why, who knows. But after being cleaned as much as possible, the hosts were paid a new, in a new ciborium and taken back to the church for prayers of reparation and veneration. But that's not all that happened. The hosts were dirty, and of course they couldn't feed them to people in mass, so they were going to let them simply deteriorate. And over the next few decades, everyone was amazed to see the host did not deteriorate, but actually appeared fresh. Now, here's the kicker. The hosts remain in this state today, 285 years later, and can still be seen now at the Basilica of St. Francis in Siena, Italy. Oh. They've not deteriorated. Wow. Now, it, gets more, it gets spicier than that, but this is just these older ones. Right, right. Now, there was one uh, that happened at the miracle of, oh my goodness, these are some mouth-breaking names. Oh, here we go. Chiratakanam, India. <laughs> that, that's uh, that's like uh, that's uh, that's not the easiest thing to say. And uh, there was Eucharistic adoration in St. Mary's Parish, and three red stains materialized on the hosts. The priest didn't know what to do, and he placed the host back in the tabernacle. A few days later, he retrieved the host to examine it again, and the red stains had arranged themselves. And I'm looking at the photo of it right now to look like the face of, of Jesus. He quickly found a photographer and he photoed the hosts and they're also available for, you know, viewing. And now here's the fifth older one. The, the other one was, that was a fairly new one, but here's the, these are like the lesser examples. Then we'll deal with the real specific and thoroughgoing examples. Okay. Eucharistic miracle of Santarum from the 13th century in, in uh, Portugal. And uh, a woman was living in Santarum, Portugal, the 13th century, and was distressed that her husband was unfaithful to her. And she decided to consult a sorceress for help, and the sorceress told her the price of her services was a consecrated host. <laughs> she, she went to Mass at the Church of St. Stephen and received the Eucharist on her tongue, removed the Eucharist from her mouth, wrapped it in her veil, and headed to the door of the church. Before she got out, the host began to bleed. Okay. 
All right. Now, when she got home, she put the bloodied host in a trunk. That night, a miraculous light emanated from the trunk. She repented of what she had done, and the next morning confessed to her priest. The priest came and retrieved the host and took it back to the church. After an investigation and approval of the miracle, the church was renamed Church of the Holy Miracle, and the bloodied host remains on display to this day in Italy. So these are all like uh, Catholic-recognized miracles. Yes, they are. Like, and that's not even the five ones. Last, wow. Well, see, now, now understand the one thing. The one thing I will say about Catholicism is they are the most exhausting devils when it comes to investigating something. Right. For example, uh, well, oh Lord, mercy! Medjugorje is still they're still wrestling with that after all these many years, and that. That apparition that was just approved, uh, Our Lady of Good Help in Wisconsin, it took oh, them yeah. like several decades to finally come to grips. In other words, they do not approve things willy-nilly. They do not. And they in take- the book I wrote, oh, I don't mean to interrupt, but the book I wrote, Marian Apparitions Are Real, there's like 2,000 different uh, mentions, the International Marian Research Institute of Apparitional Events that they've looked into, and only 13 have been approved. Out of a couple thousand. Do you think that maybe that might be limiting some of the knowledge out there of other it miracles be. because they they be, scrutinize yeah. so much and you know sometimes when you're looking into well, the eyes of a I person know. and and many witnesses I you know. gotta wonder like my goodness. <laughs> well, <laughs> now, I agree with you, Heidi. I, I mean, I have to agree. You have to be realistic. I mean, even the FBI has to get on with it sometime and. Hey, right. you know. But, uh, you know, well, if all I'm saying, maybe, yes, they err too much on the side of caution. I'll certainly admit that to take decades and decades to come to a conclusion. Well, is kind and, of, and you're your own, you know, I think individuals uh, who have experienced miracles like you have even, you yes. know, little little ones here and there. You're like, right. wow, if people un- only understood the magnitude of what I just experienced. Oh, it yeah. really change things. And, and there's so much out there. So much out there. Well, there is. I've As I've mentioned before to you privately and, and sometimes to others, is that uh, I've experienced half a dozen or ten miracles at St. Elizabeth's here. And I talk to my priest all the time. And, uh, uh, you know, I've mentioned to him, he said, Kevin, don't feel like the Lone Ranger. It happens all the time around here. And it really does. It's not, you know, that I'm all that holy or anything. It's just that it happens when you're a devout Catholic. And uh, now I did talk to this one gal who was a devout Catholic. So I've been a Catholic all my year, all my life. And I never had anything like that, but you know, she may be a pickle too. <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is she's a good looking pickle. Well, but what I'm saying is uh, it does happen a lot. And even when I had that chill that went through me the first time I was going through the study course to become a Catholic and I, I Crossed myself with holy water the first two times, felt a chill go through my torso. Yeah, uh, I told the deacon that, and he said, "Kevin, that happens all the time around here." In other words, these weren't these weren't being flippant about it. It's just a common thing. And right. Father Gary, my priest, he said, yeah, "That's as common as sneezing around there." So, it's and even good. for us not non-Catholics, we experience some things too. And I, yeah. I just think that the presence of uh, God is is so much more than people realize because, well, the church didn't acknowledge it 100%. You know, it's like, oh. (laughs) 
I don't even mention some of the smaller things that happen because uh, it's maybe not dramatic enough to intrigue listening right. audience or, or whatever. But I'm, you know, for whatever it's worth, God does love me and, you know, miserable old curmudgeon that I am. And, uh, and I, I, I get little hunches sometimes and they, they're almost invariably, you know, positive and reassuring. And uh, the best one I had personally, really, at the church was the one where I had that grieving feeling for a guy that was like a second father to me, I mentioned to you before. And I mentioned that to my, my priest, and he said, certainly, Kevin, you must not think that was a coincidence. I mean, you're not that thick-headed. You know, you don't have to be hit over the head with a hammer. I mean, it was just kind of a reassuring thing that there's more to this than just the, you know, the gravel and the parking lot and all that. And it is reassuring. It really is. But the, I do think, yes, the, the church is a little too conservative with these things. But if, okay, I've always wanted to write a book on uh, initial experiences upon entering the Catholic Church like I did, you know, many years ago. And unfortunately, Catholic Digest, it used to be kind of like their version of Reader's Digest, is kind of, you know, with magazines gone by the way you know, like many magazines have, but I was going to put that in there and I was going to get people that were RCIA graduates, you know, from the entry program that have experiences like ha I had that are kind of like spiritual pats on the head, if you will. And Heidi, I could write a book 500 pages long on those. Wow. I just don't know how to have access to that info like Catholic Digest would have been. But, uh, I guarantee you I could, Heidi. I mean, story after story after story. I mean, hundreds of them. And I know there were a couple of the people that were in my class that I did graduate from that did have similar uh, kind of uplifting experiences. And, you know, I'm not trying to be a creep about it. I'm not saying it doesn't happen in other churches and all that, but it sure didn't happen in the Episcopal Church I was connected with or the Methodist either, boy. I mean, I'm not saying it, it didn't, you know, but it didn't to me. And uh, it's as common as dust on the road in the Catholic Church. So for whatever that's worth. I do think, you know, I, I will say this. I do think there's a degree of devotion in the Catholic Church you don't find in some other denominations. I don't think that's true. I mean, it's uh, everybody's you don't know the hearts of the people. Well, I mean, I just see people at daily mass that you don't usually see anywhere else. But anyway, any rate, you know, I can't split hairs because I don't have access to all the information. But we're right about at the bottom of the hour break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the five very well scientifically studied examples. You're listening to IRN, the Inception Radio Network, Chicago, Illinois. Hello, Inception Radio Network listeners. This is Amanda. Remember, you can take your Inception Radio shows on the go. Just download the Inception Radio Network app for your iPhone, iPad, or Android smartphones and access live shows, past shows, guest lineups, and much more. Just visit the iTunes Store or the Google Play Marketplace and download it today for free. Don't have a computer? Is your internet connection down? Don't worry. Use your trusty cell phone or landline and call into our listen line at 401-283-6700 to listen to the Inception Radio Network 24-7. Again, that call-in number is... 401-283-6700. 
401-283-6700. For the Inception Radio Network, I am MJ. Hi, my family's jeans have been in hibernation all winter, but we need a major awakening. Get to Old Navy for new jeans now. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's got some amazing new styles your family's going to love, and they're all on sale up to 50% off. Up to 50% off all jeans? All of them, even the new straight fit power jean for women and the new relaxed slim for men. Jeans start at just $15 for adults, $10 for kids, in-store and online at OldNavy.com. But hurry, it ends soon. That's our wake-up call. We're going to Old Navy now. High fashion, Old Navy. Valid February 21 through March 4. Excludes in-store clearance. Heidi and uh, Heidi, the the other five that were all from the last twenty five years are uh, pretty well scientifically studied. And uh, now most of my scientific preparation uh, I had in college was in physics or or electronics. It wasn't in uh, anything medically oriented, but uh, I was interested in other things in those times. But uh, there's some really good Eucharistic miracles of the last 25 years. One of them, Heidi, was the parish of St. Mary in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Mm. And this was actually had uh, Pope Francis was at the time the uh, archbishop of that area that it had occurred. It happened in 96. And uh, you had bleeding hosts. A host started bleeding when it was consecrated. That's the wafer. And part of it became human tissue. Oh, gosh. Now, they ex- they submitted this to, you know, extensive examination. This wasn't just, you know, a couple guys in the back room. I mean, really, you know, it's 96. It isn't like, you know, 1806 or anything. And <laughs> it was, and upon examination, <sighs> It belonged to a person in intense pain, having trouble breathing. They could tell that from the tissue. And the tissue showed signs of being alive. And here's the evidence of it was intact white blood cells. Oh, my goodness. Now, wow. See, I didn't know all about medicine. I, like I said, I don't know enough medicine to stick in a thimble. 
but evidently white blood cells cannot exist in tissue over 15 minutes outside the body. And now this is heavyweight stuff here. Yeah. And and then it goes on from there. Uh, they had the parish of St. Martin's of Tours in 2006 and in here we go. Tixtla, Mexico. Boy, I'm getting a linguistic la- a language lesson tonight. <laughs> See, all I remember from high school was I was in love with this French teacher and uh, a certain other accoutrement she had. And, and, in other words, I'm no great linguist. But, uh, which is too bad because, you know, my grandfather spoke 10 languages. That's, wow, that's wild. That's a lot. But I, I missed out on that. But anyhow... The host that was distributing at St. Martin's of Tours was showing red, uh, red marks on it. They submitted to two studies of forensic experts using different methods that showed the blood coming from inside the host as opposed to just something you dolloped on, on them or something. Now, here's where the nitty gets gritty. The blood type was AB positive, the same type as other Eucharistic miracles and the Shroud of Turin. Oh, wow. A 2010. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I'm I'm just curious with these literally like uh, physical things that are manifesting in front of people. Are they like pilgriming uh, towards these things to uh, seek miracles? Are miracles being reported? No, these are just people. No, no. These. Well, I don't know about ancillary miracles, but I mean, the people that are examining this or just people like a priest, you know, giving out the hosts. I mean, going through the normal service. I mean, it isn't. But they keep looking... these, they keep these things. Like you said, that you could still go and visit some of these and it's like, well, Oh yes. Yes. Going Everyone there to seek a miracle for themselves as well. Some are, some are, but most of these originated just in a regular church service. See, that's all I'm saying. Right. But, but now, I mean, have there been go... like reported miracles in association with these miracles, you know? Yes, oh, there have. Oh, nice. There have, and also uh, not listed in this five I was going through, but there was a very famous uh, apparition with uh, Maria Esperanza. It was in Batania in South America, and uh, they, um, Venezuela, and they, uh, this went on for a period of years where there were visions of the Virgin Mary and apparitions and uh during some of these apparitional events, they had the hosts would glow red. Oh. And, and there were many miracles connected with that, you know, cures from this, that, or the other. I mean, the whole, look up Maria Esperanza on Google, and it'll show a whole Batania. It'll show a whole potpourri of hmm. miraculous events that happened to it. And, you know, of course, at Lourdes, there's a, a very excellent, I mean excellent, I don't mean anything half-baked about it medical department that's connected with Lourdes that investigates all the alleged cures and there have been some cures that were just oh Heidi going back forever that have just been like dumbfounding I mean people that were crippled for 30 years and they go to Lourdes and they throw their crutches away and I mean this is not and this is not me making it up or anything else I mean you could matter of fact a lot of times you'll see that at these places like Lourdes you'll see the crutches they left I, I think that, that that's so fascinating to me. I love those types of stories. Love them. Oh, it's as true as, as true gets. And I mean, Heidi, there's people, like I say, that have been wheelchair ridden for 
what, a couple decades and gone and walked out of there. I mean, this is not, and remissions of cancer when they were at the death's door from it. I mean, I mean, this is not, you know, hocus pocus stuff. This is for real deal. We have something uh, like that in Wisconsin called Holy Hill, and you'll find crutches and wheelchairs where people just became healed and and leave it. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's been well reputed. And uh, I mean, this is good stuff. This is uplifting stuff. And I don't care all these uh, goatee pulling uh, supposed (laughs) know-it-all professors. Look, you, you get smacked in the face as you have by these things, and I have. And all right. the you know all the little MS degrees in physics make about as much difference as a Coca Cola can. I mean, you know, come on. I mean, this is so, when something. I will say this to the audience, and Heidi can verify the same. When you're faced with this kind of demonstrable vision of the holy, everything else is like so much dust. I mean, you know, and all the supposed knowledge, all these people, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, mean, come on. I mean, it leaves you in the dust is what it does. It's awesome. It's awe-inspiring is what it is. It really is, yeah. Now, further on this same miracle at St. Martin's in Mexico, a 2010 microanalysis showed much of the uh, blood on the host had coagulated, but showed internally it was still seeping four years later. Studies also show, once again, the, the tissue was heart muscle, as in the Buenos Aires example. Now, in India, at Church of St. Mary, uh, 2001, uh, it occurred during a novena, you know, series of prayers to St. Jude. Uh, the priest exposed the sacrament for adoration and saw three hosts with dots on them. Reported to the bishop, but now showed discernible face once again. That's, that's mentioned in this section, too. And this is all, like I say, Heidi, this is all well studied. This is in the last 25 years. This isn't back in the 1300s. Don't mind Uh, that loud helicopter. It sounds like Obama just got into town again. (laughs) Yuck. Maybe somebody will shoot it down. Oh, uh, terrible. Oh, no, I don't want him shot down. I just want him thrown in prison. But, uh, by the way... I know. But uh, in Venezuela, 91, at the Marian Shrine of Finca in Batania, a priest divided the host into four parts. And could, he, he consumed one part, as is the normal, put, post, put the host back on the plate, and saw one piece had a red dot on it, and it continued to exude blood. Get this. It was analyzed by 500 different scientists of the World Health Organization. It matched other miracles and having an AB positive form of blood from a living heart tissue. It could, can be seen to this day. Remember, this is just 91. It's not that far back. But it can be seen to this day at the convent of the, of the Augustinian uh, nuns of the Sacred Heart of Jesus in Los Teagues, T-E-G-U-E-S, mm-hmm. in Venezuela. And the final one was in Poland, 2008. No, Heidi, here we go again. <laughs> the parish of St. Anthony at, at Sokolka in Poland, mm-hmm. a host fell to the ground, and the priest thought it was dirty, so he put it in water. And the idea being is that he it would dissolve in water, because they don't just throw hosts that have been, you know, you know, in the ash can. They just, you know, have a more, you know, dignified way of getting rid of them. Uh-huh. But anyway, he put it in water with the idea that it would dissolve. But here's what happened. 
What happened was it didn't dissolve and it looked like a blood clot. They had intense study, had intense study. Two big time Polish scientists, a woman named Elabita Sobaniak. I got through that one. (laughs) Medical University of Bialystok. And a holy moly, a professor Stanislaw Solkowski. These were two of the hot shottest medical professors they had in Poland. They studied mm-hmm. uh, these these hosts independently, and Solkowski studied them without knowledge of their origin. They just said, "Look, study this. Uh, we're not going to give you a whole rundown. You just study it." And he said, "Okay." What happened was it was shown once again to be human cardiac tissue that was still alive. And both scientists, both scientists who are the top scientists in physical or in, you know medicine in, in Poland, said without doubt, no one could replicate it. Both scientists agreed. Both scientists agreed this was a miracle. Take it to the bank. Don't argue about it. It just was. But why isn't this I, front page news? I mean, really? Well, see, that's that's my issue that I've wondered before. And I'm not just trying to drop, drop the bump, beat the drum for the Catholic Church. I mean, yes, there's good Christians in every denomination, you know, even the Methodists. But what I'm saying, <laughs> yeah. but what I'm, I just said that because you were, I'm just being uh-huh. silly. But I mean, because, <laughs> you know, actually one of the most formative women in my life was one of my babysitters because my mother was a very rich woman that would go to the engineer's convention in San Francisco and she had to have somebody watch me, right? Right. And, uh, you know, my parents were divorced. You know, you can't just leave me in a cage. <laughs> and and uh, although if I was with the dogs, I wouldn't have cared. But what it was, was uh, Mrs. Van Dusen was like my, like my godmother or something. And she was a Presbyterian. And uh, she's probably the most formative person in my whole life as far as Christianity. And uh, she was a fine woman. But at any rate, what I'm saying is I, obviously I'm not against all Protestants or anything. I'm not silly, but what I'm saying is uh, these are things. uh, That's the thing that that dumbfounded me, Heidi. I'm glad you brought that up. It's like in the book I wrote uh, on Marian apparitions. I'm thinking, what is the matter with people? They're worried about, like the guy that was going to write the foreword to it, the professor from TCU. He he was saying, my goodness, people are just going shivers about some ghostly orb they might see at the, you know, the... Right. What was, that, what was that thing at the time a few years ago? The, oh, the Transatlantic uh, Ghost Society, whatever it was called. You know, the two guys that would always have the ghost hunter oh, show. Oh, Taps people, yeah. Taps, that's it, that's it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I forget it was uh, the Atlantic Paranormal Society. That's what it was. Okay. Mm. But I mean, you know, everybody would just do double back flips for these guys. And they had a weekly show that became millionaires instead of just the plumbers they were. And they did a credible job. But I mean, you know, this was so minor league compared to this. This was baby stuff. People getting chills over. Did we see an orb? Did the the ghost uh, did the ghost uh, playing cards in the closet or something, you know, and this is so much more majestic. And once again, I'm tying it back in with the stuff that we talked about earlier, like the image of uh, that, the Tilma of Juan Diego that was studied by Sandia Labs, the best testing facility in the world, physical testing facility. 
and people don't know. There's not one person in five thousand that know they tested this this tilma, and it was it was a miraculous object. And you're talking people with electron microscopes that could see anything. <laughs> right. No, pig, no, no pigment, no tracing could replicate it if you had a 45 to their head. And really, the same thing could be said about the Shroud of Turin. Right. But that's never had the testing that the Tilma's had because, you know, access to Sandia Labs, et cetera. So what I'm saying is, Heidi, you do scratch your head and say these things are so majestic, so powerful, so life-changing potentially. And it's like uh, people either go ho-hum like it's all a bunch of Catholic stuff because they, they've got something against Catholicism or else uh, they don't realize, being Catholic, they don't realize how absolutely exas- exasperatingly efficient they are in being exhausting and testing these things out and proving them they take decades longer than they should. Truly. I mean, they don't realize they don't realize take the enormity of what they're dealing with. We're talking about God here, man. We're not talking about the aliens coming or by ghosts. and doing a flyby or something, you know. Right. Right. Bigfoot jumping around the swamp in Florida, so what? <laughs> but, <laughs> but what it what it is, Heidi, is this is majestic stuff. And I like I say in the Marian Apparitions book I mean, this stuff is so well studied, Heidi. And, and Eucharistic miracles are, are fairly well known to Catholics, but frankly, not even Catholics talk about it much. I have, I, I've not heard of this before. The, it's well, you went amazing. to a Catholic even. I mean, you would think the Catholics would be gassing about it all the time. Well, yeah, they, I didn't hear about this stuff. I don't know. I, I, I was buried in schoolwork, <laughs> but I didn't well, hear about Well, I mean, like, oh, I know, hon, but I yeah. mean... You know, I mean, like I go to St. Elizabeth's, they're not buzzing around about this all the time. They just take it in stride. Because, like I say, when you're talking about a church where so many things happen that I mentioned things that happened to me that uh, to the priest is, oh, you know, it's okay, Kevin. It's just standard fare around here. I mean, he wasn't putting me down, but he was saying, you know, grab a, you know, grab a number, you know. Uh, but, I mean, in other words, they live with it all the time. And... uh what I meant by the devout business before the break was like, I'll go in, you know, I told you before, I'm kind of like one of those old Sicilian women. I'll go in a couple times a week and light a candle sometimes and uh, every week for sure. Sometimes twice a week, usually once, I guess. But, but I mean, I'm always doing that. And the same bunch is there uh, all the time when they've got time off. And this one guy he practically lives at the church because sometimes on Saturday I'll go to the Saturday morning service right. instead, of, instead of the Sunday because I'm a, oh, Heidi, I'm a claustrophobic. I don't like crowds. <laughs> and, <laughs> you went to uh, Vegas. I know, but I was drunk. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I was drunk that much. That's really not true. I'd have a couple of drinks and let them go. <laughs> but in past years I've been drunk, but. But no, I, it, it wasn't as crowded as all that, really, if you want to agree. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as crowded as going to a church that holds 2,500 people. And they've got standing room along the walls and even in the vestibule in the front where it's standing room only. That gives you gives me – that's why I couldn't stand Mardi Gras in New Orleans. Now, that was a good example. Shoulder to shoulder, I was thinking, get me out of here, you know, because I mean, I, I've, I've been in many dangerous situations in my life, but I can't stand crowd scenes. That's why I can't stand Manhattan. 
I love New York. I just can't stand Manhattan because you're armpit to armpit with people. So what I'm saying is uh, it's just an everyday experience. It should be something that everybody should talk about that should be part of the common knowledge. And Heidi, it's just not. Right. And I don't really know the answer why it's not. Makes no sense. Uh, you want to bring people to the church, and, and I think things like this would really intrigue people. People love mysteries. They love yeah. inspirational stories. Why not inform the public? Oh, it sounds Heidi, like you need to you... write another book, Kevin, in all honesty. I probably do on Eucharistic Miracles. I probably do. Miracles, this period, is so... that the, that's not, oh, you yeah. know, miracles in general that are not widely known in the Catholic Church. That would be a great title. <laughs> Well, it really would. I was gonna. I was really gonna want to write one, as I mentioned earlier, about the ones that aren't entering the RCA class, kind of little entry level, uh, like the chill things I experienced and subsequent things. It, it's really good stuff. It's as true as true gets. No one's gonna make this up. And like the stuff we just talked about in the Eucharistic miracles, we're talking about scientific testing labs, uh, the best professors that, you know, Poland's not that small a country, and if they get the two best forensic pathologists in the country, they're good, believe me. I mean, they could probably stand with anybody, right? And, and you know, uh, many of the others, have, you know, the Italians are great scientists, always have been, and uh, they've examined a lot of these miracles and uh, the ones we discussed the last 25 years and just take it to the bank. This is true stuff. Right. And remember that Russ Brial that was just on with us. Uh, I mean, everybody and his brother, not not quite as much examination available to the Shroud as other things. But still, there's been some examination physically. And uh, this is not this is not a con. The Catholic Church is not a con job as far as the miracles or anything else. If anything, once again, they're very conservative in what they represent as being true. And they don't. They kind of look at it, Heidi, as, as it buoys the faith up, but your faith should already be there anyway is kind of what it is. That, that's what they do. But, but in, in a nutshell, though, you're still right that people should know something that's so miraculous. It, it should certainly <laughs> deserve more attention than the ghosts or the Bigfoot or the UFOs popping and bopping around. I prefer should. that. I really would prefer to have the, the Christian... Uh, miracles forward more than the other stuff because I think they're definitely more uh, impressive. They change lives more. Well, I got one for you on a lesser scale. I'll tell you this just before the break. Here's what it is. There's a guy that's a relative of a friend of mine. She's uh, my business partner's wife. And her brother is an evil buzzard. I mean, uh, (laughs) gets in fights all the time. He's a bully. He's cruel to animals, you know, and all this. Here's what happened. Now, this will blow your mind. For some reason, this guy was drawn to a uh, illuminated cross on the side of the road in Texas, okay? And he took a photo of it. I don't know why this guy's not a church-oriented guy. Probably hadn't, hadn't been to church in years, okay? Okay, what happened was he took this photo with his cell phone, okay? Now... After he took the photo, he saw a, a figure of an illuminated angel, not with distinct features, but basically the outline to the left of this cross that was not there when he took the photo. And this guy, believe me, not, doesn't have the technical knowledge nor the inclination to phony anything up. This guy's like a curmudgeon kind of guy. Yeah. And, and if I ever got around him, he was mean to animals, he'd be a 
crippled curmudgeon guy. But anyway, that's a whole other story. But uh, but what I'm saying is, and and uh, this woman showed me the photo. But here's gets even dicier. She did not know about a photo. Do you remember about a year ago, someone was an accident scene, and they took a photo of a fatal accident site. Oh, and yes. they and they to the left of the same in the same figure was a angelic looking figure. Right. This figure matched exactly the one in this guy's photo. Oh wow, cool. And this guy's just a stumble bum waiting to get an insurance settlement. He has no more technical expertise than the garbage man. <laughs> you know. Right. And he's he's just a curmudgeon and he's not gonna try to promote churchy things. And he gave it to his sister who just showed me, he didn't give it to the public to sell. So what I'm saying is these things happen all around us. That's all I'm really trying to say in a roundabout yeah. way. Yeah. And and people just do not do not uh, appreciate it. <laughs> they, they really, really don't. don't. They don't. And I, and I don't understand how or why. I, I just really don't. And like you do say, you think it could be that some people too. Do you think it's that some people are drawn to it and some are not? You know, I uh, unfortunately there's a lot of grudges out there in the world still in regards yeah. to the scandal, and they're like, well, if they could lie about that, they could lie about anything. And I think some people turn oh, a blind yeah. eye because of it. And but I also think that people don't know to look for it. Like I would have never thought, <clears throat> you know, I bet yeah. there's things called Eucharistic miracles out there. I would have never guessed. Yeah. Would have never known. I, I never heard of it. Oh, it's, it's a just, whole it's field of study. Yeah, not even It's a whole study. You could spend the rest of your life studying it. And like I say, these are high-level professionals. And also the ones in Mexico. They've got good doctors, too. Well, how do you and, reach and the oh, person by, like myself who is pretty informed uh, in odd stories, miracles even, yeah. and I've never heard yeah. of such a thing? Just because I'm not Catholic, you didn't think to let a person like me know or not advertise? Well, I just never – I just <laughs> – I wrote a book on Marian apparitions, and I knew there were Eucharistic miracles, but I just I, something drew, pushed me into having this show. Oh yeah, perhaps, but I'm saying like to the Catholic Church, they they don't advertise to a person like myself. You know, it's like how do they no. reach people like me? You know. Well, you usually wouldn't because as a norm, like I say, you'd have to probably be a Catholic to even be able to discover there were Eucharistic miracles right. because, right? Like if there are these places like in Italy and Poland, you could see the the physical evidence, but you'd have to already be going to mass there or something. Right. But we're just about, in just a few minutes, we're going to go to our top of the hour break or, or uh, well, yeah, top of the hour break. But when we get back, maybe we could look up that St. Janarius one, which is another Eucharistic miracle that uh, you have access to. And I don't because of the, yeah, technology. I have it here. Pretty cool. But I, you know, I will say about Vegas though, it, it is an intriguing place. It's a, uh, it's, you know, it's kind of silly, but it, the, the thing that I really actually enjoyed was just getting up for a change of scenery. And there's better scenery, yes, yeah, certainly. But still, it was a good outing, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, well, no allergies. What, <laughs> how do you feel out. about that Houston hurricane not too far? Well, I mean, it's a good distance well, from I, you, but... Well, I tell you what we'll talk about when we get right back. We'll be right back. Yeah. Listening to IRN, the Inception Radio Network, Chicago, Illinois. Illinois. 
Are you looking for a cure for boredom? Never worry. IRN's new interactive website introduces a number of ways to pass time while you listen to your favorite show. Choose anything from the IRN chat lounge, the game lounge, video lounge, or the mood lounge. These fun, exciting features let you chat in real time with fellow listeners, view live skywatches, play daily posted online games, or pick a show based on topic. The choices are endless. Use your time wisely, keeping it all on IRN. Don't have a computer? Is your internet connection down? Don't worry. Use your trusty cell phone or landline and call into our listen line at 401-283-6700 to listen to the Inception Radio Network 24-7. Again, that call-in number is 401-283-6700. For the Inception Radio Network, I am MJ. This is MJ saying hello and sharing an awesome secret I discovered. It's called DreamNuage.com. Fresh, raw, organic ingredients are used to create all their products. They are made in very small batches to ensure quality and freshness. Handmade in the USA, each product is created with care and with the finest organic ingredients. There are no preservatives, dyes, or chemicals in any product. Stop by Dream Nuage and relax. That's D-R-E-A-M-N-U-A-G-E dot com. Simple, raw, organic. Heidi, we're, of course, we're mentioning the uh, deal with the uh, the miracles, but uh, put a put a point, period to it, Heidi. I I really don't know. It, it's it amazed me, Heidi, because until I got into Catholicism, I didn't know. I might have heard a glimmer of something here and there, or there was a movie back in the day about uh, Fatima that I watched, and I was intrigued by that, you know, when I was a kid. But and actually, that was out of the foundation of my love for Catholicism and, and all that, but. But what I'm saying, though, is 
You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's jeans have been in hibernation all winter, but we need a major awakening. Get to Old Navy for new jeans now. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's got some amazing new styles your family's going to love, and they're all on sale up to 50% off. Up to 50% off all jeans? All of them, even the new Straight Fit Power Jean for women and the new Relaxed Slim for men. Jeans start at just $15 for adults, $10 for kids, in-store and online at OldNavy.com. But hurry, it ends soon. That's our wake-up call. We're going to Old Navy now. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid February 21 through March 4. Excludes in-store clearance. Mostly, you hear nothing. Nothing. Yeah, that's a it's a shame. And, you, and I didn't know about Eucharistic miracles at all until I actually became a Catholic. Yeah, and you at guys all. keep secrets <laughs> or something. I don't know. Well, not really. I mean, anybody's you know nobody's holding it from you. It's just I don't know what the reason is. It's almost like people are drawn to he draws the ones he wants to it. Right. I hear you. Yeah. And, you know, I know there's some priestly shenanigans, but that has no bearing on this whatsoever. Don't right. think, oh, by the way, from being a Protestant minister in a past life, you must know they've got their own uh, skeletons in the closet, too. Oh, huge. So, I mean, uh, you know, it, it's, in other words, there's fa- frailties in human nature. It's just there's a lot more priests. There's a lot more opportunity for flaws, you know. But it, it's just that... Uh, but mankind is always crummy. But these, the real truth and beauty in this is it's as true as true gets. You could examine it. I mean, you're not going to do any better than Sandia Labs. I don't care what Rusky you got to just look at it or German Lab or anybody else. This is good stuff. Yeah. So I, I, I wanted, urge everybody to look it up. Go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to, uh, you know, put thoughts and prayers out there to the folks in Houston. I mean, I, you... Oh, Share yeah. the same state. And, uh, I mean, that had to be t- troubling to an extent. You were in Vegas, though, but <laughs> to see yeah. this. Oh, I was watching out. a lot of it on Fox News. See, uh, oh, by the way, on a happier note, even though my wonderful Megyn Kelly shoved off, Fox News has replaced her with 10 times more. There's a, a new show they've got called The Five. And let me tell you something. I don't know how they cast these women for their parts. But if, if you went to a strip joint and picked the five prettiest women out of every strip oh, joint and then had a, had a selection process to see who could read the news well, that's who they picked. Oh, I mean, my goodness. In other words, you've got to be a movie, a play by a Playboy uh, starlet to make the Fox News. But getting back to the story, though, <laughs> they had excellent coverage of this uh this terrible event, and I was watching it when I was in Vegas, quite a bit of it. Some of it was repetitive, but Heidi, we're talking about amazing, amazing difficulty these poor guys have been through. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, Heidi, was, uh, Kingswood is a, oh, it's a uh, upscale northern suburb of Houston, okay? And uh, what happened was, it wasn't bad enough that the place flooded, but the sewage got loose from the local sewage, flooded out. Right, and they're trudging and, through and it. It's gross. They're trudging through it. I mean, my, I mean, really, Heidi, all that's good for that place is good for is a bulldozer. I mean, I don't know anything so precious that you slop the sewage off of it to keep it, you know. And, uh, but that's how rough it was. And, uh, uh, but there has been a tremendous groundswell of help coming to those people more than I've ever seen. Uh, 
there's that one J.J. Watt. He's a football player from the Houston uh, yes. Texans. He's raised $25 million. And In such Walmart, a short time. Yeah. Walmart, through its auspices, has raised north of $25 million. And uh, just on and on and on. And we've seen many, many different companies similar responded very well. And uh, a lot of people have done more than that. They've, oh, golly, they've come over from Louisiana. they got airboats and stuff, and fishing dogs and people out of the drink. And uh, Do you know that uh, the big effort from Chicagoans was coming down and getting people's strayed pets and bringing them back Good, here? yes. Yes, uh, I'd heard of things like that. I didn't know the connection A lot Chicago, of them. Yeah. Oh, my well, that's gosh. Good. I, was, that's good. I was floored. I was floored. That's but it good. looks like but, we're going to have to do this all again because Hurricane Irma oh, yeah. is about to bear down. It, It's just crazy. This weather's crazy. Well, it is. It is. But but like I say, unfortunately, see, most hurricanes that hit Florida aren't that bad. I mean, a, a hurricane, a five, number five on the scale, hurricanes very rare. Usually they're milder hurricanes like a Category 1 or 2. And I'm not minimizing it, you know. I mean, it's still dangerous. But you got to understand, Miami's practically underwater already. It really needs to have, uh, what do you call it, dikes like Holland to protect it, you know. Oh, and yeah. does. And uh, I know with global warming and sea level rising, I know that's an issue. I know that. But what I'm saying is um, a Category 5 is a rare commodity. I mean, rare. Usually in Florida. I can I live part of my life in Florida. And usually what it is is a hurricane will come up the coast, and it'll take a northeastern swath, and it'll slice around a piece of Florida, then go out to sea and take a northern path, path maybe hit Cape Hatteras in North Carolina, and then go up off the Jersey coast or something. But it gets you know more wearing down the further colder waters it goes in. But the bad ones, and thankfully this one doesn't look like it's going to do that, would have given a one-two punch to the Gulf Coast. Because, see, when they go in a pattern that cuts around the Horn of Florida up into the Gulf Coast, the waters are warmer off the Gulf than they are off the Atlantic. And with the warm waters, it picks up more speed. Now, right. can you imagine a one-two punch for Houston after that? <laughs> Crazy. I mean, that would have really been deadly. I mean, you're talking, you know, kiss of goodbye deadly. Or they're but, saying this uh, one is much worse uh, than usual. I guess the ones that are usually formed over... Uh, say yeah. Cape, Cape Verde or something that uh, that yeah. um, yeah. more are they're more powerful coming from that region or something I'm like wow well in the direction it's taking and the speed it's got uh, it's going to hit Florida probably as a five yeah it's, oh and gosh. then it'll dissipate as it goes further north yes but I mean you're talking about just the storm surge alone there's no telling I mean you know the water being pushed by the the hurricane itself, not the rain, but just the the water surge. I mean, like I say, it doesn't take anything to flood Miami. Well, you know what I'm uh, reading right now is the most highest sustained winds on record was 190 yeah. miles per hour. And Irma is, is 185 all? miles per hour. Yep. 190 is the absolute max? Really? That's, yeah, it was Hurricane wow. Allen in 1980. And, uh, really? and then second place... It is Irma. <laughs> wow, so you're talking serious storms. Yes, and but there's other storms. Uh, uh, Gilbert, yeah. Wilma, and Labor Day. They called they called it Labor Day. 
uh, were 80, mm -hmm. 185 as well. So crazy. Oh, so this is right up there at the max. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's... I don't know. Uh, Heidi, it usually gets a little stronger just before it hits. Yeah, that's I mean, horrifying. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, well, see, that's the trouble in living with in these areas. I mean, you're talking about, oh, my goodness, it's so fragile, Heidi. Uh, I mean, I've been in Houston, for example. I was driving through there years ago when they had a lousy five or six-inch rain. And the highways were, were passable, yes, because they were elevated and all that. But what I'm saying is I was looking down at the city from the lousy five- and six-inch rain, which is not that uncommon. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, Nashville got 12 inches, which was the remnant of the hurricane that hit Texas, Harvey. <laughs> so, I mean, all the way to Nashville was 12 inches. So I'm saying five or six inches, no big deal. But you looked at Houston with five or six inches, you're thinking, my God, they're going to lose homes out of this. And this thing was a magnet. This was like 50 inches of rain. 50, I know. It's like, uh. I mean, just over four foot. It was crazy. That's a lot. And, and believe me, uh, these people, and I was talking to Joe before the show, one of the other problems, which hasn't been mentioned, is uh, Heidi, um, well, uh they have a lot of nasty chemical plants. That was one thing I never could stand living in, in Houston was the smell of the place mm. in different, not, not all of it, but I mean different locations, the eastern part of the city especially, around Beaumont and all that, and because uh, they have terrible chemical plants. And they're not making like, you know, nice things. They're making like, you know, blow your head off kind of stuff. I mean, toxic stuff. And, and these waters have swamped these toxic chemical plants and released a lot of these terrible chemicals into the ecosystem. So it's absorbed into the houses, the grounds, the food. The wildlife, everything. I wildlife. mean, this is some bad stuff. The wildlife uh, and ending was... up inside of people's homes. <laughs> well, you had other weird things happen, like I guess was covered in your areas. What happened was the waters killed the, ge the cooling generators to some chemical plant. Yeah. And the whatever the chemicals were, were, weren't cooled, so they were combustible, and, and you had terrible fires with this awful smoke from this you know, toxic chemical going all over. I and mean, this is tough stuff. But, I mean, well, I mean, um, it's just a rough place. I wouldn't live in Houston anymore. I'd California first, and that's saying something. I mean, that's like I'm, I'm not a California fan, but I would move to L.A. before I'd live in Houston. <laughs> It, it, that's saying a lot. <laughs> it is. It is. But, but I mean, Houston's just a tough place. And it's also, oh, my goodness, under the best of circumstances, it's 95 degrees every day and 100% humidity. Oof. It's a lot like Jacksonville. It's a lot like Jacksonville, to be honest with you. But Jacksonville's like that, only it's prettier. But A lot, uh, of, a lot of Chicagoans move straight to Houston, and I'm not kidding, my niece moved to Houston just oh. a few days, uh, maybe five days before the hurricane hit. And uh, really? luckily, what time? Yeah, yeah, she luckily she is fine. She didn't have any flooding where she was, kept her electricity. Oh, she was very fortunate. Well, you know, for the only thing that hit up here was it just lasted a couple of days was there was a gas shortage. But uh, I mean, mm. just regular automobile gas, but that only lasted a day or two, I got gas the very next day, but 
But but in San Antonio, like I mentioned on the news, that's a big old town, and they were absolutely out of gas. Wow. To see, and here in this area, they can bring it down from Oklahoma because we're only 100 miles from the Oklahoma border. And, you know, there's plenty of other refineries. I'm sure Chicago wasn't affected negatively from Gulf Coast refineries. But there's also, I can't emphasize enough how bad the chemicals are down there that they're manufacturing. Crazy. I mean, Jersey, Jersey, unfortunately, uh, I know I like Jersey, but it's it's a rough place for chemicals, too. <laughs> and Jersey, Jersey and South Texas is where all the nasty stuff is developed. <laughs> Terrible. And, and uh, you know, uh, Jersey usually, we get this with a hurricane, it's usually not kind of mild since it's so far north. But, I mean, this is some interesting material, and uh, I don't know, Heidi, it, it's, it, it just... Uh, you know, you know, we'll come back. We'll talk about the global warming and some other issues. But, you know, okay. I, I don't know, Heidi. It, it's I know there's global warming. Anybody, you'd have to be an idiot not to realize that, you know, the temperatures have gone up compared to what they were when I was younger. But, uh, you know, the obvious records of the average temperature going up. But what I'm saying is I don't know what's causing it. And I don't think they do either. But you can surmise, but we don't know. Anyhow, we'll be right back. Yeah. It could be. We'll be right back for after our last break. We'll be right back. You're listening to IRN, the Inception Radio Network, Chicago, Illinois. computer? Is your internet connection down? Don't worry. Use your trusty cell phone or landline and call into our listen line at 401-283-6700 to listen to the Inception Radio Network 24-7. Again, that call-in number is 401-283-6700. For the Inception Radio Network, I am MJ. Do you have a smartphone? If so, Inception Radio Network is the best app for you. Available on iTunes, Android, Samsung, and most other app stores. Just search Inception Radio Network. With the app, you can listen live, check out podcasts of recent and past shows, view our videos, see what shows are coming up, who the guests are, and, via the chat room, send live questions to those guests. You know it makes sense. Check your app store now. Inception Radio Network. I'll see you there. Inception Radio Network listeners, would you like your favorite show to be played live on air? Well, now the choice is in your hands with IRN's Live Request Portal, an easy way to request your favorite show with a simple click. IRN's Live Request Portal now gives you exclusive access to all the shows. How easy is it? Simply type a show name or a guest name, click request, and even write a dedication message. That's it. Try it now. Simply visit InceptionRadioNetwork.com. Click on the Live Request tab under the show menu. Playing your favorite show is just a mass click away. 
You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's jeans have been in hibernation all winter, but we need a major awakening. Get to Old Navy for new jeans now. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's got some amazing new styles your family's gonna love, and they're all on sale up to 50% off. Up to 50% off all jeans? All of them, even the new Straight Fit Power Jean for women and the new Relaxed Slim for men. Jeans start at just $15 for adults, $10 for kids, in-store and online at OldNavy.com. But hurry, it ends soon. That's our wake-up call. We're going to Old Navy now. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid February 21 through March 4. Excludes in-store clearance. Hello, IRN listeners. This is MJ saying hello and sharing an awesome secret I discovered. It's called DreamNuage.com. Fresh, raw, organic ingredients are used to create all their products. They are made in very small batches to ensure quality and freshness. Handmade in the USA, each product is created with care and with the finest organic ingredients. There are no preservatives, dyes, or chemicals in any product. Stop by Dream Nuage and relax. That's D-R-E-A-M-N-U-A-G-E.com. Simple, raw, organic. It's good to be back with you. Now, I was going to tell you about the fabled evil brother-in-law we've talked about on the show before. Yes. What happened was he cut his toes with some glass, you know, he was in sandals, and he cut his toe with some glass. Evidently, his diabetes has gone to the point where I guess they get so they don't heal well or something. Yeah. And he got gangrene in the foot, and they had to lop two toes off. That's typical of diabetics. It does happen that way? Oh, gosh, yes. I mean, I thought he'd gone and got his diabetes reversed. Well, he took the stem cells, but it didn't take. I thought it did at one point. It, no. did, it, did, it did initially, but then he receded. In other words, huh. it, didn't, it wasn't a cure. He did try in Mexico. Yes, he did. But it I've didn't take. A, I've had several patients reverse their diabetes, just so you know. Full-blown diabetes and a sister of mine. Uh, were the there stem cells or, or no, no, just losing the weight and getting active. Oh, oh no, I've heard of that before. I've heard of that, yeah. before. but it depends on what stage you are and how it's developed. And I understand this guy's about six, two, and he's been as high as 300 pounds for many years. And I mean, he's the kind of guy, uh, well, imagine eating two double hamburgers at a session. 
And then, and I'm talking about with fries and milkshakes and all that. I mean, nobody. Maybe that's who you spotted in Vegas. (laughs) No, these are bigger than him. But uh, I mean, we're talking about people that would just blow your mind. But but what I'm saying is, you know, I don't wish that on him. I mean, I have some fondness for him in spite of his evil. But uh, I mean, uh, he. they had to lop two toes off, and I, my understanding is uh, he may have to wind up losing the foot. Wow. But I have heard that. I have heard that uh, certain extreme diabetics can, I guess, what is it, the vein system just deteriorates or infection set in? Or? Yeah, it's like uh, if you're diabetic and you have to get surgery, period, or, or something, or you yeah. get a cut anywhere, it just does not heal like a regular person without diabetes it's it's a terrible uh, blood circulation just reduces just doesn't heal the same i don't really have that problem of course i'm, I'm just a borderline diabetic i'm not really pure diabetics dog i get yeah. what i do is the dog getting fights all the time and they wind up biting me because they're trying to bite the other dog and i I'm, my arm's full of scars and cuts and <laughs> they i heal pretty i heal pretty quick i mean like almost instantly so i guess what? my diabetes isn't that bad but no, you don't. I don't think you have diabetes, but the, you know it's it's so no, crazy. Really. Though I don't know if you've heard of the wonderful uh, supplement of turmeric, and I was taking turmeric. Oh yes, I take turmeric every day. Oh, let me tell you, this is crazy. So I I'm I was taking turmeric for maybe six months, and and I noticed I was starting to bruise easily, and I'm I'm like, and if I got a scratch, it just bled, and I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, oh, you know, yeah. leukemia. These are like symptoms of that. I go to my doctor and they're like, oh, do you know that turmeric does this to you? It thins your blood out yeah. and causes yeah. easy bruising and bleeding. I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> so be. that's something to beware and know that happens. So, Well, I take it. It has other. I was listening to Coast to Coast shows and it was supposed to be so wonderful about turmeric. So I've been taking it. I, yeah. uh, and I don't, ha- I don't have any diabetes, but uh yeah, I was uh, taking it too, and yeah, not a good but thing. It's been too much. Oh, gee whiz! Uh, well, I'll be well. You know, actually, that's the trouble is that there. My doctor told me once he, he was an allergist. I was going to, you know, because there's bad allergies in Texas with the pollens and the dust that comes down from you know the desert. He said he knew a guy that could hold a peach pit in his hand and have an allergic reaction. In other words, it's such an extreme case of allergy. Yeah. And there, there's people that have simple dimple stuff, like, you know, some compound you'd find anywhere, like raisins or something. And there's people that would croak from that, you know. And it's just there's amazing variety of human reactions to common I, compounds is what I'm I saying. I have a lot of allergies. And the one cool element that I learned about people with allergies, like Joe, who's sneezing like crazy, today yeah. <laughs> is uh people with allergies are have a greater reduction of getting cancers because our bodies oh, bite yeah. everything so oh, I'll, I take see. I see. I'll take Time, my yeah. allergies and enjoy them <laughs> oh i didn't think about that but i guess their battle their systems are in a battle with everything all the time yeah constantly it, well, it does wear you down yeah. because you feel like you have a cold all the time and uh right, right. that gets oh, I, that really aggravating yeah, in the summer I'm that way. But you know, when I go to Vegas, that's one of the things I did like about Vegas, is that you know, of course, if you fly into Vegas, you probably have sometime, haven't you? Or, oh yeah. Have you? Well, what I'm saying is, you know, everything's dead around there. There's no nothing growing and green. 
So you don't have the pollens that you'd have other places. And it's like a big allergy load is off of me when I go to Vegas. And also when I go as eastbound as Mississippi, I kind of feel good there. But what I'm saying is that uh, it was a, a break from that standpoint. But, uh, oh, man, I mean, that would. Oh, I know what I was going to say is one thing I'm glad I don't have. And I hope you don't have is Do you have a nut allergy? No. Good. Because, I mean, I, I would kill me because, I, you know, I'm <laughs> vegan and not. A lot of my protein comes from nuts and so forth. Mm-hmm. And if, if I had a nut allergy, I might have to just pass away right then. Because, I mean, <laughs> you know, you can only get out. You know, you can only come up with uh, proteins from just so many places. That's true. But, uh, but matter of fact, after the show's over, the trial and I'll probably eat a hand of cashews or something together. But uh, <laughs> she looks at that as a big treat. But, no, Heidi, that was interesting subject matter we had earlier, though. It really was. And it is, yeah. I really don't understand why this is a hidden issue. Like, you're, you know, you went to a Catholic college, you got degrees, and yeah. you had religious experiences, and yet this was an untold, water, uncharted waters for you. Truly. And like I and I, myself, I, in my former life, I was even an Anglican, ordained Anglican deacon. And, a, you know, a clergyman, and I didn't know anything about Eucharistic miracles to speak of. And uh, you would think that it would truly be common knowledge, but it's not. And uh, I don't understand how these things can be hidden from the public, because the Catholic Church does not try to cover them up in any way, shape, or form. I mean, you could go to Lourdes, look at, uh, you know, crutches and all the remnants of miracle cures and you can go tour any one of these uh, Eucharistic miracle sites I mentioned if you could get over there and uh, see the uh, oh, oh did you look up the blood of Janarius you said or, or did you I did I did uh, it says blood of St. Janarius has failed to liquefy at the expected time prompting concerns about what it might signify I, I don't quite follow what uh this well, is. I think this blood had been liquefying and solidifying alternately on a certain date for a couple hundred years or something. Oh, so it goes solid and then liquefies. So, so they're they're well. Quickly... If you don't have yeah, if you don't have the date, if you don't have the date on it, we'll bring it up on the next show and has a as a follow up. But we'll well, we'll update well, no, the audience. It seems like the they're questioning that it did not do as it at its usual time. as it always has. As yeah. I, that's what it was. As it always, but I mean, it had been doing this miraculous function for ever in a day, and uh, all of a sudden it didn't. They didn't know what it that It says his blood is kept in a sealed glass and traditionally liquefies three times a year on September 19th, December 16th, and the Saturday before the first Sunday of May. But it just did Dang. not uh, this past huh. uh, December, December 2016. And they've had their mitts on this blood of Janarius since how long does it say? Does it say, or? Um, around the year 305, what? Who's believed to have been well, martyred around quite a while. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's... well, that, that's... Well, see, here, nobody's ever heard of that either till I brought it up, you know? That is, that's I crazy. Mean, Never heard of such a thing. Well, see, that's the thing. There's so many miracles associated with the church that, uh, oh, I mean, just tremendous amounts of things. There really are. And what also... In doing the book on Marian apparitions, I found out is, you know, of course, I highlighted the ones that were fairly public knowledge, like Fatima and, you know, Lourdes and all that. 
But for every one of those, there's like a thousand personal revelations they've had, like you had with your Jesus appearances and stuff like that. Right. So, so that, I mean, you're talking about untold numbers that are just for the individual for the most part and not for general publication. And this is phenomenal stuff, Heidi. It really is. I, I, you know, it's such a laborious task writing a book, you know, to, I mean, you write them all the time. So. <laughs> Nick Redfern writes them, you know, during lunch, but I mean, I, I found it, you know, <laughs> onerous, but, um, it does need to be written. Yeah. That sounds now, like it. Well, it does. I don't know what's coming up Friday for you. You know, I have uh, Lori McDonald coming on. She's going to be speaking about various, uh, alien, uh, and UFO sightings and encounters and, uh, military abductions. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's fun darn stuff. Good. Well, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna have to take that in, I guess. But uh, <laughs> it'll be fun. We've got some good. We've got some good shows coming up too. We've got some good shows coming up too, and it's good to be back on the air. Like I say, we had a little hiatus, and yeah, nice to have a little vacation every once in a while. <laughs> well, I needed it. I hadn't been a while around, off for you know quite a while, and uh, same here. I yeah. kind of want to get off to the mountains sometime, and I, I think I'll do that. Cool. Sometime. I may go up to New York this winter for a little bit. Nice. I want to. I want. I want to go when it's as cold as possible. <laughs> but anyway, I guess we better tell these fellows a good night. All right. Good night, everybody.
The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Oh, what a great audience. Let's dim the lights for this next one. Nope, too much. Ah, there it is. Gotta get things just right. Like Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay and we help you find coverage options that fit your budget. And now, the mood is right. Wait, the lights are back on again. Trudy, can you? And now it's completely dark. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.